the quotes that came pretty popular um, when CrossFit came up, kind of like popular is uh, stronger than my excuses. And nowadays I, I kind of see that as stronger than my feelings. So it's like, I am so strong that I can overwrite everything that my body is trying to tell me until one day you just cannot do that anymore. Like many people stumble on, like not actually, like they have a whole lot of tools uh, and a lot of information, but they haven't ever brought those into practice. But that's where the magic happens. Is like, you need to actually, like you have that bit of information, like how the diaphragm and the pelvic floor works, but it's like that information alone isn't going to help anybody like you actually need to figure out how you're going to help a person with that information and and i think like we need we try and like kind of like learn our way into being better when like the doing itself is what makes us better welcome to the empowered performance podcast i'm your host katie st Clair, and i'm so grateful you are joining me On each episode, I'll be chatting with movement-related experts and guests who have a passion for looking deeper into how we can enhance our human experience with movement, breath, and better understanding of the brain and body. Let's dive right in. In today's episode, I speak with Ansku Kongas, a health, mobility, and recovery coach specializing in helping people restore balance in their life and training after a burnout or traumatic life events. Ansku shares her own history of burnout and how it led her to re-examine her priorities for her own health and ultimately what she prioritizes for her clients. We dive into how she identifies physiological needs of a client by asking better questions, We talk about the process of learning and absorbing information and how to get out of the overthinking and overconsumption mindset. I hope you enjoy this thoughtful and informative chat with Ansku. Welcome everybody back to the Empowered Performance Podcast. I am so excited to finally get to meet this person on Zoom, of course, but it feels like in real life because I've followed her on Instagram for a really long time and I just love her content. So Anna Marie is here and her nickname on SKU. So I'm, I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. Um, and she is someone that I think has a viewpoint of movement that is extremely well-rounded and honest and truthful and vulnerable and all the things that I think make movement beautiful myself. And I can't wait to have her share a little bit of that with you guys today. So on SKU, can you tell everybody where you're at? Cause it's always beautiful. If you go look at her Instagram, you're going to be like, wow. Here's this one <laughs> and kind of how you came to be in the industry and a little bit about your background. Yeah. So hi everyone. And thanks for introducing me, Katie. Uh, so first of all, like I'm, I'm in Finland. This is my beautiful view for a couple more weeks and then it gets too cold to be in here. So um a little bit about me i'm a coach i help people with mobility breathing issues uh mainly um so i've been in this industry for around 13 years um i started as a pt uh and then we built our own gym business and now i'm mainly working as as a solo (laughs) coach um working with people mainly online so you have so a in-person space in Finland? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like part of uh, part of uh, like what I have done. Um, but previously. you're <laughs> so are you in person at all anymore? Or are you mostly online? Mostly online at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it is a long story. <laughs> Probably we're going to kind of like dig in into the reasons why and why am I spending time in this uh, on this island uh, nowadays a lot. So. <laughs> okay. So wait, you just opened up a can of worms. So now I'm gonna have to know. I know that you. I read that you had a space for like seven years, right? A uh, an actual in person space. Yeah. So then I, I guess kind of like the uh, not that uncommon story like uh COVID happened uh it wasn't the best time of my life uh there was a lot of kind of like gym closures and and all of that so very very long story 
uh, but in some ways like I'm I'm like not kind of like happy about all of that that happened uh, but in some ways like I learned more about kind of like the previous three years about kind of like human physiology uh, than I ever have from any course uh, so that, that is kind of like a reason why what led me here uh, so yeah I don't know if I answered to your question I'm <laughs> going around in circles <laughs> okay so it sounds like you your take now that really encompasses mind body and the physiology aspect of things and how movement really can influence that has been greatly influenced since COVID happened in the three years, you know, prior to today. But before that, what were you mainly focused on? What was your movement lens at that point? Because that's a pretty big, like, I know what it's like to have that shift. Um, what what was it that catapulted you to be like, okay, I got to make this a priority? Yeah, well, like... I guess you could call it a burnout. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was like mainly focusing on training side of things. Um, and then just like through my own experiences that like it is still important. It's like I, I don't want to have anybody thinking that I don't think that training is important. But it's like it needs to be built upon a healthy base. Um, and through kind of like the past three years, I understood that myself, even as a fitness professional, I wasn't truly kind of like building that up upon a healthy base. I was using exercise for to actually kind of like fill up the, some gaps that I needed to kind of figure out uh, in other ways. And that's why I do what I do, because I don't like like exercise be a wonderful thing and there are a lot of people who should be just exercising more and finding the joy of that but then there is the whole kind of like other end which is using exercise as a way to sort of like try and maybe manage their stress and and doing that a little bit too much and yeah. actually creating more problems through training um than creating the health benefits that we still think we are uh, but we're actually just kind of putting too much load on a system that is already overloaded. And then that is kind of like, then we can sort of like take away the, the health aspect from the training. And then we are just simply training um, without the health benefits that should be actually like coming along from that. So I imagine, because there's going to be a lot of trainers and therapists, people in the movement space that are actually professionals that are going to listen to this. I think that more often than not, most people that are in this industry as professionals have experienced that because we get into it because we connect to the idea that, yes, this is healthy, but it's also a way of like managing ourselves. And yeah. I know for me, even from a very young age, I had some early childhood trauma and gymnastics going six days a week, you know, for three hours a day became a management of my, of my mental state that eventually, right. When you're going to stop or at some point left my body kind of a wreck and, and, and then, yeah. that, you know, continues on as you continue to use exercise to kind of fuel that fire um, and, and, but exercise is healthy. I'm doing air quotes, you know what I mean? So it's easy to yeah. like see it as like, well, it's this healthy thing I'm doing, but there are many periods in my life where I've, I've hit that end range where it's like, oh God, this does not, I'm, I'm not okay anymore. Um, yeah. So what was that? Like, what was the experience like in your body that you you were able to identify, like, I can't keep doing this, or I re recognize that this isn't healthy anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I wish I saw the early signs. And that's why, like, I can see kind of like, so many things that people usually like, kind of like, they don't see because I overwrote wrote all of those, like, like, okay. kind of like, there was like, um, when you have digestive issues that should be already a warning sign on its own when you start having kind of 
um, sleeping problems. I was like, I was using Aura Ring and I, and I stopped that because it was like annoying because it wasn't getting better. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of like, you're like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I'm not <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it was kind of like that it is it, like, it's almost kind of like that I, I was trying to achieve these things, but it's like relaxation and recovery aren't things that you can achieve. And that kind of like high achiever type, like I, I was able to achieve kind of training like goals, mm -hmm. but when it came to achieving better sleep and, and actually those like healthy things, like I wasn't progressing in them. And then I was like, just annoyed <laughs> rather than actually like seeing that, Hey, maybe the problem is actually me. Maybe I, I, there are some things I actually need to learn uh, so so yeah so I kind of I, I guess kind of the the quote that came pretty popular um, when CrossFit came uh, kind of like popular is uh, stronger than my excuses and nowadays I, I kind of see that as stronger than my feelings so it's like I am so strong that I can overwrite everything that my body is trying to tell me until one day you just cannot do that anymore so yeah so so kind of like there were a lot of signs that i have been looking back to which i should have listened to but i didn't uh so that's why i i kind of talk about the things that i i do because i wish that it didn't have to kind of go that far that your body starts like actually like alarming with chronic pain at the point that your like hey like now I, I need to to stop <laughs> and it, it isn't about the body it's like it's not about the back and of course like there are issues like there have been multiple issues that I've been specifically working on but that kind of like exploded at the point where my system was kind of like it was just kind of just trying to stop me somehow so yeah yeah it put on the brakes I love that what you just said stronger than my feelings that's so beautiful yep. and it's, you know, sad in a way, but it's also like the fact that you can recognize that and, and be able to like now have this lens looking back and go, okay, how can I impart this wisdom on, you know, for other people um, and hopefully save them. The, and, you know, the thing with this, this stuff is I feel like, I don't know, for me, like there have been points where the exercise has you know, been too much and my body was kind of exhausted, but then like came back down and things leveled up and maybe things in my life also had their up and down sort of wave as well. And so like, you know, peaks and valleys, but when I really crashed after my son's accident, it was like, I never experienced anything like that in my body ever. I had no idea. So when people talk about burnout or, um, you know, really, really suffering in that way, I finally got it. I was like, wow, like my body just said, no, like you can't yeah. even exercise. And did you have a similar experience to that where it was like, really, you know what I'm saying? Like there've been other times in my life where it's been close to that, but never that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I kind of like, that's the other side of the thing is, is kind of like the mental uh, because like I started having like anxieties, like I was basically walking around this island, like trying to solve a problem uh, with a kind of like a, with a sort of like a message in my head that was just going around in circles. Like I was trying to sort of like fix a problem that I didn't know where it started or where it ended or what I was trying to actually fix, but I was trying to fix it in my mind uh, because that's kind of like the anxiety was like basically it was because my physiology was like so kind of far in that sympathetic state and then I like thought that I can figure it out through thinking uh and like yeah it didn't lead anywhere <laughs> so so right. like even though at that time I did do like the base kind of work but I, I still didn't truly connect that that the body-based work was supposed to be the tool that kind of like helps me gain enough balance so that I can rationally 
like approach the things and start processing so then I'm even like understanding what I'm trying to fix but instead like uh, because we we all think that we are rational <laughs> we we think that it's like I have all like I, I have it all together and now I'm just trying very hard to fix this problem and the more I, I kind of like allow that cycle to go around um the further in in stress I was kind of like just driving myself uh so that was kind of basically like <laughs> well this is an island and I've been like laughing at this story myself because like that has been like my way of like dealing with kind of like issues it's like hey it's like I'll just kind of disappear for a little bit of time and then I'll fix this problem <laughs> and then I'll come back when like I have solved that and so like I, I sort of kind of like isolated um, myself here because I was like it was everything was overwhelming and I was trying to do the same like fixing the the problem and then come back to where I was and it, it didn't work anymore <laughs> so it's like that's kind of like that like all of the ways that I have used before to solve any problems didn't work anymore it's like I couldn't solve them in my mind um, so some other things needed to happen <laughs> I think this is so important for people to hear because Oftentimes when you go seek help, even from very well-intentioned and really great therapists, it can be, you know, pushing to talk about things, to solve the problem when your yeah. body's not even in a state to be able to conceive of the problem because we need to like downregulate the nervous system and calm and, and here the talking about it is, is doing what you were just saying. It's like ramping up the body even more and creating more disconnection between what's really happening inside and what our brain is trying to solve as a puzzle. Um, yeah. so what was your first step, if you don't mind sharing, to sort of reconnecting back and like understanding what you were feeling? Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a tricky one. I, I guess kind of like I, I love using like let's say that like some kind of emotions that we don't like like ourselves or we have been kind of processing in other ways and and one I would say very commonly for for women is is actually being angry and expressing anger oh. uh and so it's like kind of I I expected that anger to go away because there were some certain things that happened that I was actually angry and hurt about but it's like I, I tried to kind of like just like make those disappear <laughs> or, or then like kind of like using exercise or going on a long run or going on a long cycling ride to just kind of like it just like um like mutes that anger but it is still there and and those sort of things like when you come to a point where it's like nothing else is working then you start actually needing to sort of like admit some things and starting to I guess get real with yourself it's like this kind of like hiding and circling around problems isn't working anymore it's like now I actually need to start like actually admitting things to myself uh that probably like like helped because like I I make a lot of progress almost like through a year's time and then I almost went back to my old ways like I was overworking I was overtraining I didn't listen to myself we moved houses and then I had a like massive back pain it's like I couldn't even walk it's like I was kind of like laying on the floor <laughs> trying to sort of like breathe myself out from that <laughs> and my dog was kind of like just sniffing around it's like hey, mommy's okay <laughs> mommy's okay so it's like I guess kind of like if you, you want to like one is that it's like okay it's like I I thought I fixed this problem but maybe I didn't because I'm here lying on the floor and, and not able to actually like move and then kind of going back to that like those same patterns I was kind of like going straight back into because I hadn't actually worked on on the real issues uh, because like those are usually the real issues that I see behind many people behind their chronic pains um, like it, it can be helpful to start the process by like like you said by kind of like dealing with the body first uh, uh, to calm everything down because you cannot talk your way out from that 
but at some point you need to start actually like processing those things or otherwise you may easily find yourself back in square one or then you think that it's like i made a bit of process uh, progress but maybe it wasn't working yes it was working but maybe i'm not working at this point so that makes a lot of sense so that you can begin with the body but then you're ultimately going to have to come back to the the real underlying issues that are the problem yeah yeah and the anger peaks is so huge. I think it's such, I remember, <laughs> I'm very open about this, but I recently got off my um, antidepressant medication that I had been on for, I don't even know, since I was 16, I'm 45. So really long time. And uh, it took a long time. Like this is six or eight months of me trying to get off this medication. And every time I would like taper down just a little bit, I would get this sensation of like rage. And the message that I was telling myself is there is something wrong with me and this is bad, but I'll never forget when my coach Emily was like, so that's normal. <laughs> you're allowed to feel angry. Now you don't go hit someone because you're angry, but it's so normal to feel angry. And recently I was in the backyard. I was upset about something and I was like, I'm going to work out at home so that I can slam the med ball into the ground and scream as loud as I <laughs> <laughs> ground. My husband comes out and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably just thought that is like, hey, yeah, keep on going, keep going. <laughs> this is because I can, I don't want to be at a gym doing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think, um, like I laugh about it, but it truly is something that I've always thought, like if I'm angry or I show anger, even though it's not like directed towards somebody that's different, it is like a bad thing, but we hold, yeah. I think as women, as mothers, as just, there's so much responsibility and we hold a lot of that in, you know? And so I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think a lot of people can probably resonate with, the feeling of guilt of having anger. So now you've got anger and <laughs> shame and then going, you know? Um, so how, how did you, like, how, when did you actually get to a place where you were like, okay, I've, I'm feeling better in my body. I'm understanding these concepts. And like, was there any courses or things that you took that helped you to, lean into the physiological side of things and start to really create this new lens for yourself and for your clients. I'm assuming you're passing this stuff on. Yeah, well, that, that's actually a thing because like I am all for education. Like I think learning can be such a powerful thing. Um, like there needs to be a limit to that because like like what I think many people try and do is like intellectualize themselves through something that needs to be felt. So I actually studied all of the things like later, like afterwards, when I actually understood kind of like what was going on. So, so like, I'm actually happy that I didn't go for, because I wasn't actually like, I wasn't, I didn't know what is the problem that was solving <laughs> so I, I kind of like i maybe moved it a little bit more intuitively uh through it and that is actually like i i think that benefited me that i didn't try and kind of like look from books what is happening uh but i actually kind of zoned in and and i was kind of like actually listening to myself because like maybe like this can this is a guesswork but i don't think that knowing so much of stuff would have actually helped me because like in the beginning i didn't have capacity to kind of like process everything i have processed within the kind of like past three years and if i would have known that all i i think it would have actually just created more overwhelmed than, mm -hmm. than actually being helpful i'm not sure if you're following this but in some ways like like kind of like sometimes I see people that, that they, they try and read everything about nervous system dysregulation, but they they struggle at the point that they need to actually like feel things and you cannot like think your way out from a problem that 
is actually the disconnect between your kind of mind and your body. So, so there wasn't any actual like courses. Like I have sort of like been linking the things that I felt at each point and which did start to happen like pretty naturally afterwards with education. So you sort of leaned into just feeling what you were feeling. And then once you were feeling better, you were able to then educate yourself on it. Am I saying that right? Okay, got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but and I'm not saying that that wouldn't be helpful. Like that, that would be the only way for everyone. Uh, sure. But that was helpful for me because I need to hear myself. I need to hear my, my own thoughts when I like I do like like <laughs> this is this is horrible because I do know that I, I myself do kind of like contribute to the overwhelm that is like going on for example in Instagram. Uh, but like I can like absorb maybe a few posts and then I need to shut my phone because I'm I'm going into that kind of like overwhelmed uh like stay through just the information overload. So uh, I I think that one part is that like educate try and kind of like understand what you're working with, but then make sure that you leave enough space for your own thoughts to actually hear yourself uh, and not try and kind of like lean on just kind of information to solve the problem. Yes, that makes so much sense. So much sense. And yeah. I think that is <laughs> a part in today's, you know, clickbait, all of this, there's just so much information, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the news that the, open up the iPhone, and then there's like news stuff that like, where, where did that come from? You know, so it's just like this constant. And even my email, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get so many more just kind of random emails. I don't even know how these people got my email address. Yeah. And so I'm constantly like deleting and then blocking and just trying yep. to control this flow of information. Um, so I wonder if like, that's a really good point for coaches too, because it's really easy to get sucked down the rabbit hole. I mean, I teach a 12 week mentorship course of like, take this course, take this course, take this course. And I do sometimes see that where I'll have certain people that will come in that have never even been exposed to the fact that they have a diaphragm and breathing, right? <laughs> and they're like, they just thrive in the course because they, yeah. they have less information. And then I have the people that come in and they've taken six, seven, eight courses that have something to do with maybe something even in my course. And it's like, they're struggling because- to your point, the information then has to be carried over into just like, what do you think about it? Like, what's your viewpoint of this? What What is, yeah. what's useful for you that you can pass on to your people? Not that you have to know every nuance of the theory and understand all the little intricacies. Cause that almost is like so overwhelming that you're, you end up in a situation where you can't even, you're, you're just trying to think yourself out of it. So if you had advice for someone who was, let's do it, let's talk, I'm going to say trainer, okay, just movement professional, when they are absorbing information, how they can tap into how to make it usable for themselves or for others in a way that's like more thoughtful, like how did you then take a course and then be able to step back? Like what, what's your process in that when you do learn something now? Did that make sense? Well, I think, yeah, that made a lot of sense. Uh, like what I kind of like utilize um, is that if I start feeling overwhelmed by information, then I, I take a pause and then I just use that information in my practice. And then someday, like it feels normal. It's like this knowledge is now in my work and it's like I would, wouldn't do any other way. And then I go and, and dive into more. So, so I, I think kind of like it needs to be like pace up that is like, like there is, like I want to know everything <laughs> there is possibly to be known, like that you can know about the human. And I was like saying to my colleague that it's like one day I will kind of try myself absolutely mental with like trying to sort of like learn everything. But it's like, that's not how you learn because the learning happens between those kind of bits of learning while like when you're 
like digging into new information the learning part is actually like using that into your was it that your professional practice or in your everyday life if you're learning as as kind of like a like everyday person who is like wanting to learn things that are helpful for you and your health but it's like I think like, like many people stumble on like not actually like they have a whole lot of tools uh, and a lot of information, but they haven't ever brought those into practice. But that's where the magic happens. Is like you need to actually like you have that bit of information, like how the diaphragm and the pelvic floor works. But it's like that information alone isn't going to help anybody. It's like you actually need to figure out how you're going to help a person with that information. And and I think like we need we try and like kind of like learn our way into being better when like the doing itself is what makes us better. Um, that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's wonderful and such a good message to hear. And I think there's a fear of getting it wrong, maybe sometimes that drives that wanting to know more and. I, one of the like tenants in my, in my bio, but on my website and stuff is creativity. And I think in a lot of ways, this mass amount of information that we're seeing this influx is limiting our creative potential. And when we're in that creative zone, that is the connection deep inside of us. So I think about like my son, he's such a creative person. Like he's just, he's one of those kids. He's always like make believe and, you know, putting these Lego movies together and you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> when he's in the zone, you can see it. And I remember being yeah. a kid, like in that make believe world and like in that zone and it feels so good in your body. But yeah. when we are consuming or comparing, we, or competing, any of those things are all C's, we can't be creative it's impossible yeah. to do those two things simultaneously. And what you're kind of essentially saying is like, you have to be able to take the information and then go have your creative time with it. Like that connection, um, yeah. that totally resonates with me. And there are things that I put out, you know, on Instagram that are like, probably most people would be like, this is so random. I'm like sitting on a ball of like rolling my pelvis around. But in mind, you know, I could get judged for that and say, that's not right. Or that doesn't make sense. But like, that's me experience a creative moment that is going there. And then sharing that with people in the hopes that other people will also feel empowered to like be able to do that themselves. Um, so when you are, like digging into your, cause you were very creative. Like I love reading your posts, not because it's like consuming information necessarily, but because I feel like there's a connection there that you're trying to get to with people where you're giving an emotional, I don't know how to, how to even explain it. How would you even explain? Cause when you post it's, it's a long form. And so you hope people are reading your captions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're not, it's not the video. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's usually in the captions. The videos are nice. I love your backdrop and you're 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 a great mover, but the captions are what I think encapsulates the most. How do you get that out of yourself? Like how do you what's your process of sharing all that? That's not not a problem at all. <laughs> like I I have so many thoughts in my mind that it's, it's like I just need to get those out, but it's like that's actually my learning process because like I have actually started utilizing like I'm I'm sorry uh I share kind of like and I want other people to learn about that but I I only think that if I can write down something that sort of like makes it simple enough so that anybody could understand that's the proof for me that I have understood it well enough like if I don't understand it well enough, then I cannot write it in a way that anybody can understand. And then I start using like fancy words and, and like all of the kind of like professional kind of like language, which isn't that helpful usually. So I'm actually like, like using that also for myself um, because that's my learning process. It's like getting my thoughts out on something. Yeah. It's almost like my my Instagram is a little bit like my diary. Uh, like if I, if I was kind of like writing something, that would be basically it. Uh, but it's like that's my way of learning. I, I think kind of like um, like everybody like needs to find their own way of like learning. But it's like I think like what you said is like if people 
super complicated things for themselves for the fear of doing something wrong and that kind of like that cuts the 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 kind of like creative because like not struggling to create your creative kind of movements you do that very well and I, I don't struggle while writing my captions because like I'm not thinking about like what other people think of that like in some ways I don't care if somebody sees there being a mistake because like what I have learned also is that like doing mistakes is not just a risk it, it is reality uh, so if you are not if you're fearful of making mistakes then you're not doing going to do anything so like like get kind of busy doing those mistakes <laughs> it's like the, the the reality is that nobody else will remember those yeah you're kind of like oh a year ago i said that but it's like i can remember that and now now i have learned something new and let's kind of like continue from there like we are so fearful of our own mistakes but we like I'm not kind of like looking at my Instagram and, and spotting everybody everybody's mistakes like we look right. ourselves in that way not others like we're more accepting usually of others mistakes than we are of our own so like I think kind of uh was it like you training or you as a professional doing your social uh, media is like you just need to get busy making mistakes and then you are also building that resilience on kind of like being okay with your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, you coach, and do you do individual like programming with people? And I know you also have like your mobility or I'll say your membership with lots of different classes and mobility drills and all kinds of stuff. Um, how do you, let's say I come to you and I want to train with you as an individual, what's kind of your process of thinking about how to structure somebody's movement plan, I guess, in, and thinking about all these things that we talked about, um, from a nervous system regulation standpoint? Well, like learning about them is like a kind of like, I, I think like the questions we pose in the beginning, those are the most helpful because when you are working in an online setting it's like you like everything you want to know you need to ask so so I want to know if somebody has kind of like had a burnout they that they suffer for PTSD uh do they suffer from anxiety because those are things like I just at some point noticed that people didn't tell me and then those kind of like really backfired uh, later on because they didn't know how to maybe link problems or traumas uh, with their bodily problems. And then we we're trying to heal a body uh, which has some kind of like stuff underneath that needs to be sort of like sorted out um, at the same time. Because like I'm not a therapist, if somebody has a childhood trauma I usually always like recommend that if they are kind of having chronic pain that they should see a therapist alongside so it's like it, it's like kind of like I, I think like I'm trying to be the eyes and and the ears of seeing maybe all of the things that do have an effect on person's body and their problems that they wish for me to solve that they don't maybe know to tell me if I don't ask so that is kind of like the, the first thing that needs to happen uh and then we of course assess and like look at the body but it's like kind of like knowing the person underneath that body um is the first step so what's it like because yeah. I something came in my head when you were saying this because I, I thought one thing I, I just thought was I would have been so it would have been so helpful to have a trainer like you at times in my life right the other thing that came into my head was what about the people that are going, I don't want to like, there's nothing wrong and I need to like train six days a week and, and you know, like something's wrong. How do you handle those people and get them? Or do you just, I don't know. How do you, how do you handle that? Or do you get them? <laughs> yeah. Well, like if they have followed my Instagram, then they, 
probably won't contact me. <laughs> like, well, that is like the reality. Um, but then, of course, like I, I actually like just thinking of that, like from thinking of the the early years working as a PT. Um, so massive red flags, but as a 21 year old, I had no absolute capacity to kind of like understand or properly help in those so in many ways like I see kind of like because I, I started as a massage therapist and oh. then I, I kind of like like I decided that I don't want to be sort of like enabling problems I want to help people in fixing those problems themselves and then became a PT and then kind of like working on the mobility and and pain side of things and I I still see that like there is that to the psychology because we might be enabling kind of things yeah. through like training uh which should be kind of worked in the therapy side of things or some sort of like like mindset form or whatever that is uh because like what you're explaining there is that kind of, like there is a person with chronic pain and wants to train hard like six days a week and you can see the red flags is like if I am that, then I think that I'm I'm enabling a problem. I'm not actually helping. So yeah, I I think kind of like then become a part of uh, all trainers' education. Really, I I don't understand why isn't it? Oh, because yeah. like, how can we pretend that we are actually supporting people's health if we cannot see even those like clearest of of red flags? Yeah, absolutely. Like it should be, it, it should be at the forefront of things, honestly, this understanding of physiology and, and the mental health side of things. And if you think about it in, I know for years I did this weight loss challenge. Um, so I basically volunteer and I take a group of people at the gym that I worked at and it would be like 10 or 15 people and they'd be on a team. And the goal was to sort of get them to lose as much weight with support community. They even, we even had like mental health um, and it was at the medical university. So we had lots of different uh, players. So really wonderful program, but still it didn't, we didn't talk about calming your nervous system. We didn't, I mean, none of that. And you can imagine that if you're obese, a lot of that is probably linked to some mental yeah. health issues that need to be addressed. Just like if you are an alcoholic or if you are, you know, a sex addict and you, you're compulsively doing something right. Or just over exercise, yeah. right. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same yeah. thing. And, yeah. you know, I look back and, and like you, my 20 something self or going through that process, man, there were so many opportunities that I could have given a different perspective that would have made it easier for all of those people to calm at the end of the night, instead of sit in front of the TV with a bag of chips and like learn how to yeah. create more of a holistic perspective. And it's, um, I mean, again, you make mistakes and you don't know what you don't know and all of those things, but um, you're right. It should be mandatory as part of, especially now as we're learning more and more about it as part of becoming a trainer or really just any movement professional, even a massage therapist, yeah. right? Like you're, you still have to know that. Um, so now that you do kind of know that when you go into like your, I went and stalked your portal or your teachable website, <laughs> that it, looked, it was really cool. So I know that you use like a lot of the FRC principles and I feel like PRI and maybe some of those other systems, you do a great job of integrating it in your own unique way. Um, but I wanted to say that I really like how you laid out the your membership where you kind of have an assessment process so that it seems like even an average person could come in and say, okay, what is going on with my body? Like, how do I even figure that out? Um, so how do you go about, I guess, structuring that membership so that anybody could come into it? Because sometimes with these with these systems, it can be hard to know what someone needs, especially if it's like generalized, you know what I mean? Because you can only do so much with a monthly membership. 
yeah like the the on-demand membership which isn't kind of like yeah like so what you have um you do basically the same assessments yourself as i would do as a coach and then i have a video explaining what i as a coach look for from those kind of uh, different assessments and how to then um kind of decide what your starting point is as i would um as a coach choosing that for somebody else uh, and then you, I have kind of like selection of tools uh, that you can based on like how what you assessed uh, to then kind of like start with and then you reassess and maybe progress. Uh, so um, that is kind of because I I wanted to like something I see that like still like I want to provide that opportunity for people who cannot do one-on-one coaching um but that's that's sort of like i cannot do that like can't work. like kind of like a, like like kind of like i i saw that that's kind of like that's how much i can help in a on-demand setting yeah. so um yeah yeah, well, I think you. I'm asking because I know there's a lot of coaches who would like to have their own business or do something where they scale their business. And I think it's really important because not everybody can afford to pay $500 a month for individual coaching or, you know, it's just not reality. Um, and I was talking to my, my friend Alina, who is in kind of the PRI world and um, works as a practitioner really using their system. And she's wanting to have her own kind of online on demand thing and struggling a little bit because, you know, the concepts can be so, especially when you get into the cranial stuff can be so specific and all of that. But she's like, but there are some underlying things that kind of everybody needs and not everybody, like I would love to myself go get some dental work because I know there's stuff going on, but there's nobody near me. So I'd have to travel and I don't have time for that. And I'm, you know what I mean? And so if there was something online that would be helpful, I, I encouraged her. I was like, I think you should still put it out there. It doesn't have to be super specific and you can still get benefit from it. Um, so I was asking you because I thought the way that you laid it out and you even went into some complexities of our asymmetry and sort of here are exercises that you can do. And people may not might not know what their compensations are, but how many times are we still going after the same things with most people? Like 99% of the time, it is a lot yeah. of the same things. Um, yeah. And to pretend that it's not is almost doing a disservice because it's helping less people that could really benefit from the information. Um, so yeah. I just... I think you did a really good job of, honestly, it's not like I watched anything, but just seeing, you can go, if you go on her Instagram and click the link in the bio, there's like your membership and you can like visually scroll and like see what the classes are. And so I could kind of put it together in my mindset of what was going on. Um, do you have, do you struggle with that? Like reconciling with understanding these concepts on a much deeper level, but being able to kind of disseminate them in a way that's broad. Yeah, well, I, I think like the things that I have chosen in that membership is like, uh, because I have worked with a couple of customers who have started with my one of my courses or one of my uh, or, or the membership and they have kind of like kickstarted that journey already. So we were kind of like already a step ahead when we started together. So, so we're like I'm just kind of like trying to use the tools that are somewhat applicable for everybody uh stuff probably not um gets a little bit too far uh but it's like uh, just addressing the breathing uh and pelvic asymmetry like that's already a huge step for a lot of people and a lot of people like do actually get better by just kind of like utilizing those few things and then maybe for me, some that can trigger kind of like the the will to learn more uh, through maybe doing a little bit of like one-on-one -on -one coaching, but it can be so helpful on its own already. So I, I just kind of, because I, I think many coaches go into that like overthinking uh, like path. Uh, so like thinking that is like, 
what can everybody do and benefit from? That's what we can like serve in an on-demand on setting. Nothing like too complex because like I think like what it comes to PRI especially is like um, I've been working with a couple of who have done PRI based course of some sort and they are very kind of like particular with the technical like the mechanical execution of those but like that's not PRI like PRI is not about like training muscles or about kind of like being good at at like kind of like technical execution of a movement those are supposed to be helping you connect with your body and feel stuff and that's usually hard actually to get to focus on in an on-demand setting uh, because that's so easy to maybe guide people through in one-on-one setting uh, is not because like like when you don't give information what a person should kind of like feel <laughs> <laughs> then they feel what they feel and not what they think they should feel and, and try and achieve that. Um, so that is actually like the biggest kind of um, challenge that I think myself that is there like in, in bringing PRI into on-demand setting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just the ability to slow down and tune in and and create that sensory awareness. It is really, really hard. And sometimes it can take months for people to be able to sense it year yeah or a year yeah right right yeah no I know (laughs) like I think kind of like that it's like people who have a strong training background they do tend to approach those kind of PRI exercises that is like okay now I feel the adductor and then I'm like muscling my way through that (laughs) it's like and then your body's not relaxing and you're like I'm frumpy <laughs> so like that was a little bit kind of like my beginning so so I see that as a challenge for many with a training background and it can be hard to start sort of like actually like finding those different tones uh without any guidance yeah and I when I think about some of the people that I hear saying like these breathing drills don't work this is like nonsensical to do these things but The reality is, I wonder if some of them have just never gotten to that place where they felt that connection, where that deep sort of like, oh, I can settle in here. I can settle into the left side of my body and that just feels so good. And it makes me think about the passive experience. One of the things that I've um, been drawn more and more to is finding ways that give a non-manual solution that is basically passive. So I think about when I took courses, you know, I'm a trainer, so I don't put my hands on anybody, but they would do things to constrain the rib cage, you know, hold the the ribs in, compress the pump handle to force the position and the space to open up. And um, now I find a lot of benefit in giving somebody something that does passively compress them as if somebody had their hands on them so that they don't have to create this muscular strategy to try to get it done because some people can't and when and actually I'm thinking about um my friend Joy who just posted a exercise I showed her last weekend we were at a course together and I said just lay down on your left side and kind of roll over this yoga block and just let your head kind of melt to the left and like feel what that feels like and she was like I wanted to stay there all day and I was like yeah (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Like that's what it feels like, you know. And yeah. I don't think I think that's a very hard thing to convey online. And so yeah. it's like trying to find ways to give that to somebody is really hard. And it's also yeah. makes me think that even when somebody does leave like the perfect PRI session where I got all the range of motion back can they recreate that for themselves when they're not with that person and that's where it becomes such a is this helping me or not, you know? So if we can provide more solutions, it it, it might, um, or more understanding basically, which is what leadership can do if you set it up well. Yeah, and then we like, because there are so many layers and this is like, kind of like when you feel that relaxation one time, do you then go into your second time like independent of the result that you're looking for because you felt that last time and then you're just like going into the same exercise but because you're trying to achieve a certain outcome from that then you don't feel the same 
uh, and your body is not relaxing anymore uh, because like I, I played those mind games so many times and it, it's actually hard. It's like even just finding the way to not look for a certain outcome because you know like like for example that uh, like side laying uh, exercise and then you feel for the first time oh this feels amazing are you going to go into that second time around and looking for that same relaxation or are you allowing your body to be and do and feel whatever way it does the second time around yeah um, so <laughs> so that goes <laughs> yeah and just kind of being okay with it yeah that kind of comes back to the mind body too and just trusting that your body's doing or getting what it needs and is okay kind of that trust relationship of not pushing it or forcing it that's so interesting I see so many people that overthink this stuff and I'm guilty of overthinking it too and um it's hard to to know how to get people to let go and I guess yeah. that's what this yeah. conversation has been about <laughs> <laughs> like we are overthinking this whole thing <laughs> no yeah. but it's like overthinking is like it is uh, like I would actually think that for many like because I think like in in Instagram there is a miss between kind of like what messages are maybe more directed towards other coaches and what messages are directed towards uh people who are looking for tools to kind of of like work on themselves and those are different it's like like kind of like that this overthinking this is what we do because we're trying to problem solve for other people so we try and find all of the ways to help and and solve in in kind of like different ways uh but shouldn't kind of like try and overthink thing, these things and, and try and kind of like almost like gain that same sort of like a coach's mind toward movement because that can be also very unhelpful uh, because then you are trying to overthink these exercises when you're doing them when it should be a way for you to re reconnect with your body and not kind of like think of like uh how katie did it in that video <laughs> and, and it's like uh it's like you're not trying to replicate what katie did in the video you're trying to kind of actually zone in and feel what you feel in that very same movement which can be a totally different thing than what you felt when you made that sometimes yeah yeah that's very true and i guess in some ways the coaching is teaching people that it's okay to do that. You know, like you're going to have a different experience than me and our viewpoint of movement is going to be very different just depending on, you know, background and history. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us, I just want to ask you one more question about just a little bit about, cause I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring this up, but kind of just talked about Instagram, but your view on some of the clickbait post. So this exercise at, at the point of view is a great one, like POV people, right? And then it says, do this one move and your back pain will disappear, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> do this one thing and your SI joint won't hurt. And how you navigate giving that information, some information away that might help somebody without making it this experience of this thing's going to fix you. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I'm a little bit like black and white person. <laughs> like I'm, I allow myself to kind of like think that this isn't helpful at all. And now I'll just kind of like talk about things uh, that everybody should know. And it's not about an exercise, uh, but that is actually like something that you said so well is like that. Um, one exercise can kickstart a journey towards something better which is the kind of like the something that is maybe somewhere in the future uh, but you, you felt something that you have never felt before and then you want more of that uh, and I think that has value because like the first time I did a PRI exercise I had no kind of expectations at all which was a good thing and then I was like, oh, this feels so amazing. Like my whole low back melted and there was this like nice warmth. And I had planned to actually do a training session 
like after that and then I just felt like happiness <laughs> because it's like that that was like allowing my nervous system to actually like calm down probably for the first time in a long long time and I felt kind of like happy and calm in a way that I never had felt before because I didn't expect anything so if that sort of an experience can be delivered through one exercise uh, that is in a way that this won't be solving the whole problem like like you said that this like do this one exercise and it will uh, kind of like solve your back pain it won't like it, it can be helpful if it's that this can be helpful and then you might want to kind of like learn more about that uh, so I think like it's a either or so I'm trying to get into your mind in that kind of like finding the middle ground and I'm not allowing myself to kind of like see only two sides of that um so it can be helpful yeah and I feel like as long as somebody you, the hope is that then they'll go read the caption where you say this isn't going to fix everything but it's a start and you can learn more you know try you know go look at my website follow me on YouTube I know you started a YouTube channel with some like longer form videos um so people can like get to the YouTube and like actually hear 10 minutes of what you're trying to explain versus 10 seconds. Um, but I think what the problem is, is like the, the post where the people aren't even trying to explain what's happening here. It's just an exercise with no caption and no information. And then, you know, 1 million people view it and all of a sudden you've got all these followers, but they don't really care about learning anything from you concrete. And so it sort of dulls the whole experience for everyone. And I think that's where it kind of can be hard in the social media world. But, you know, I just wanted to hear kind of your conflict with that because I do think it's like a problem. And how- Yeah, we well then, yeah, like then we, with that, we kind of need to look at the the whole influencer side of things, which is another- our podcast let's not go too far in that so it's like if I was a everyday person just looking for tools and tips for myself I would be kind of curious of like what is the the goal of the post is it to sort of like spread knowledge or is it to um kind of benefit by some ambassador deal that is mentioned um yeah so I just think that like the kind of like uh, marketing, like health that is kind of like has built uh, in Instagram, that is massively like interfering or or mixing up uh, like with the educational side of things. So I think like it, it just requires people to be aware and yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope more voices like yours get out more mainstream or become the mainstream. They never will because it will always be, you know, more flooded with, you know, influencers who just promote this, like go hard and do this one thing and it'll fix it. I mean, that's just the nature of it. But um, I hope more people can get to a page like yours where there's, Yes, there are some posts that grab your attention because you're like, I have SI joint pain and this felt really good. But there's <laughs> a, a, a story behind it and an explanation of why that might be so that you can learn that that's not the end all be all, but we can move on and and, there, I, and that you offer, this is really important, I want to put this out here for all the coaches and uh, movement professionals listening, that you then offer both a free and affordable offering for these people that maybe can't invest you know that's where it's at that's going to create the change because yeah. then there's something there so if you are a coach and you're on instagram just put some youtube videos up <laughs> just <a few laughs> some good information it's so helpful to get the message out um about this you know healthy healthy movement um is i guess a good way to put it i don't know what, what would you describe it as like how would you can you even like have a a elevator pitch for what you're trying to do yeah well what I would kind of like always is this respectful towards my physiology 
like there is usually a clear yes or no like if i'm trying to sort of like act against myself it's not that's not health <laughs> and we all do that sometimes that's that's kind of like uh we're only human uh but like the more awareness we can sort of like build towards our um kind of like physiology like physiology or our state at the moment then we can make better decisions of like what is actually going to be supporting and respectful toward that so was it kind of like am i trying to do some um some kind of uh flexibility uh drills that are not actually like leading towards more health am i just trying to achieve uh some movement uh or yeah like i don't know how to explain that better but that that can be sort of like applied to many things uh, but it requires self-awareness <laughs> and understanding of kind of like your physiology and that's the the challenge that's great. Yeah. So is this improving my physiology or yeah. Or is it bringing me away from that? I love that. Um, that's a great way to end. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> uh, so tell everybody where they can find you and anything you may have going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's a hard one. <laughs> so uh at the moment i am actually working for a mind body course that will be because like 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 you just said that is like let's not just talk about the problem let's um, provide tools for that and there are some things that don't go to like i'm not a therapist and i'm not trying to be but it's like some things don't go so far into the field of like psychology it's like we don't need to have a problem before we can start working on our mind uh so i'm working on a self-based course that kind of like covers how can you sort of like start seeing the link between your mind and your body and start like learning how to read your uh, body better and then making better choices uh, based upon that uh so that is what I'm working on. So at the moment, uh, I will be keeping myself busy with that and sharing uh, some bits of information through my Instagram. That's awesome. I think you're gonna just have so many people excited about that. And it's so needed in this space. That's really great. I really <laughs> appreciate the time. And it was just great to actually get to be on here and meet you.